You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the July 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the bootcamp news that we talked about in the Course Report office this July. Bootcamps had a pretty eventful news month. There were some ups and downs. Um, One in the up category, Sabio, a school in LA, turned four. So we're starting to see more schools turn four and five as this industry Rose. Yay. Happy birthday, Sabio. Happy birthday. Yeah. And then on the downside, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about two major boot camp closings. Yeah. Um, but we also released our market growth report, which is looking great. And there were a couple of other academic papers about boot camps and how they are growing. We'll hear some great news about student success stories. We'll also look at how the curriculum at a few boot camps is evolving. And we'll see that boot camps are continuing to grow and get some big investments. And uh, there was one major change in leadership at a boot camp. We will discuss that. And we're going to see how five different schools are working to get more women involved in tech. And of course, we'll tell you guys about new coding schools, campuses, and courses. Wonderful. So our kind of top news this month, sadly, was about the shutdown of two major coding boot camps, Dev Boot Camp and the Iron Yard. And there are a lot of news articles about this, y'all, but we want to talk just about a couple that we recommend reading. We'll put links to all of them in the article on the blog about this news roundup. But Imogen, maybe start by giving us the Dev Boot Camp timeline from Ed Surge. Right, so on July 12th, Dev Bootcamp President Talon Ray emailed students and alumni to say that after five years, the bootcamp was going to cease operations in December 2017. So Dev Bootcamp was one of the first coding bootcamps, and it had campuses in Austin, Chicago, New York, San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle. So how did students react in the news? So in this Ed Surge article I read, they talked to Dev Bootcamp students and staff to hear their thoughts. Current student John Michael Murphy was shocked and amazed and said other students were worried that the tech industry would see Dev Bootcamp's closure as a reflection of its quality. Mm. Staff member Mark Stewart said he knew profitability was an issue at Dev Bootcamp, but he didn't expect it to shut down this soon. Yeah, so generally I think the reaction that we saw on social media was super positive, right? Um, Yeah. And I mean, Dev Bootcamp is not skipping town. They're not leaving students high and dry like we've seen in some other for-profit closings. Um, But Lauren, this SF Chronicle piece discussed some of the possible reasons behind the shutdown. What were those? Yeah, so the official statement was that, quote, we've determined that we can't reach a sustainable business model without compromising our mission of delivering a high quality coding education that remains accessible to a diverse population of students. But Kathleen Pender of the San Francisco Chronicle dove into that a little bit more, and she talks about how Dev Bootcamp was acquired by Kaplan, which is one of the larger privately held for-profit education providers in 2014, and how Dev Bootcamp became one of the first bootcamps to get licensed in California. 
But according to Kathleen, Dev Bootcamp wasn't necessarily keeping up with the competi- their competition. So their business model didn't really evolve or expand under Kaplan. And with the increase in competition, we saw other consolidations within the industry. Um, and those schools actually were able to continue to, to grow and to change. Yeah, like Dev Mountain and Hackbright Academy, those were both acquired by Capella Education, but it seemed like they both continued to grow in different ways. Exactly. So I guess the strategy was different there. And then, for example, General Assembly, they expanded way beyond coding and they're teaching other digital skills. And so it just seems like Dev Bootcamp didn't really want to expand into other avenues. Yeah. And so lastly, before we move on to the Iron Yard, Tarlin Ray, the president of Dev Bootcamp, actually gave an interview to Quartz yesterday. So Imogen, did we get any new information from that? Yeah, so Talon talked about how the low barrier to entry had flooded the market with so many boot camps and that it's actually become difficult for students to identify quality programs. He explained how Dev Bootcamp could have continued if they had compromised the support they gave to the students, but they weren't willing to do that. Um, he mentioned that more than 3,000 students had graduated from the boot camp, and he predicted that the boot camp model would continue to evolve and work more closely with employers to meet their needs. Well, thanks, y'all. I think that's a good overview of Dev Boot Camp, and we'll put the links to all of those articles written about DBC in July um, in our article about this news roundup. But if you want an interesting listen, then Slate's Money Podcast actually touched on the closing of Dev Boot Camp. Um, I'll let you listen to the whole thing, but Jordan Weisserman is a bit more optimistic than the others on the podcast. Uh, he's written about boot camps before for Slate, and he thinks the free market will pull the most effective boot camp trends to the top. And then those things will trickle down into community colleges. So give that a listen. And then days later, the Iron Yard announced that they would also be closing. So we will uh, wrap up some news about that. Lauren, give us the timeline there. Yeah, so on July 20th, the Iron Yard announced that their last cohort would finish this summer. So that means they'll cease operations at all 15 campuses around the U.S. And what was their official statement on closing? So the Iron Yard stated, in considering the current environment, the board of the Iron Yard has made the difficult decision to cease operations at all campuses. The industry as a whole is still young and the leaders face the challenge of a nascent market, as well as the demands facing all institutions in the higher education marketplace. So they didn't really give any further details about the reasonings behind their closure. Interesting. And then, so how did students respond to the Iron Yard's closure, Liz? Yeah, so a CBS North Carolina piece spoke to students at their rally campus in North Carolina. Uh, They talked about, most of the students talked about their awesome experiences and how lucky they felt to be a part of Iron Yard. They said that they were sad that other people wouldn't be able to do it in the future. One student was hoping that her kids would get to do the program when they were older. Uh, And then other students said that they were a little worried about how this could impact the tech industry in rally because they were kind of supplying developers to those tech companies. Oh, wow. Well, what did the tech industry think of the shutdown, Imogen? So the Las Vegas Review Journal spoke to some members of the Las Vegas tech scene who were sad to see the Iron Yard leave the area. Co-founder of Wise Banyan, Herbert Moore, had hired graduates and said the school was actually part of his hiring process. Another tech community member said he was hoping the startup community would continue to progress in Las Vegas without the Iron Yard. And in spite of both of those schools closing, I don't 
think that this means that, you know, the end of coding boot camps. Um, I talked to Melissa Korn about this for her Wall Street Journal article. That article is behind a paywall, but it's worth reading if you can. And essentially, I mean, I think, you know, these schools did not close because the education model failed. They both still trained a lot of developers. And we're seeing those developers go on to do really cool things in their second and third year after graduation. And also, you know, this is a young industry. It's almost five years old. We expect to see that type of consolidation in a new industry. And so it doesn't doesn't necessarily worry us. Although, of course, we were surprised that it was Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard that closed. Yeah, pretty sad. But despite these two closings, we just released our 2017 market growth report, and it's clear that boot camps are continuing to grow. That was an amazing effort by Liz and Lauren to Yay. pull all that data together. Um, Liz, can you remind everyone of the highlights we saw in the report? Yeah, so even without Iron Yard and Dev Bootcamp, bootcamps as an industry and as a space continue to grow. You can read the full report on our website. It's very prevalent on the homepage, but we found that in 2017, the bootcamp market will grow by 1.5x to an estimated 22,949 graduates, and that's up from about 15,000 graduates in 2016. So as you know, boot camps launched in 2012, 2013 is when they really started taking off. And so we're at the five year mark in terms of the industry. And we actually found that the market has grown 10.5 X since 2013. So business is booming. We also saw that average tuition price stayed at about $11,000, but uh, boot camps are trending longer. So last year we found that they were about 12.9 weeks long. And this, this year we're seeing programs with an average length of 14.1 weeks. Uh, so we're seeing those couple extra weeks to get more computer science in, in each curriculum. And as of June 1st, there are coding boot camps in 74 US cities. So there are tons of options. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So aside from our report, we also saw a couple of other industry reports come out this month. Um, Lauren, tell us about the one you read. Yeah, so Flatiron School in New York City released their 2017 NYC Outcomes Report with data from 460 students from their NYC Software Engineering and iOS Developer Immersives. So some of the key stats that I want to highlight are the fact that they have a 99% job placement rate and the average salary for job seeking software engineering immersive students is 75,421. So that's a nice average salary there. 100% of these students did accept technical roles, which is an important thing to note. And then students in their fellowship for low income workers reported an average starting salary of 72,883. And it's also great to note that 26% of their students attended on a full scholarship. So cool. definitely great numbers. Yeah, it's important to remember, I think, you know, when you compare this to our outcomes and demographics report, we see about 75% job placement. Um, so this may be a little bit confusing, but just remember that in the Flatiron Outcomes Report, this is of their addressable population, which is about 70% of their students. They exclude students who are unresponsive or who haven't completed their six-month job search. But you can check out the full report if you want to learn more. Cool. And then I read a peer-reviewed study by a PhD student called Kyle Thayer. He did a research study about coding bootcamp students and the sort of challenges they face. He interviewed 26 coding bootcamp students and analyzed the interviews. He found that many students faced great personal costs and risks in terms of time, effort, and money while doing a bootcamp. 
He also found that career changes could take a year or more for some students. And participants talked to him about their personal obstacles, the open-mindedness of bootcamp communities, and found some common advice about job seeking. So I think this report, it's quite long, it's about you know six or seven pages, but it's a great read for any prospective or current bootcamp student, just to get an understanding of the sort of experience you might have. Yeah, I talked to Kyle when he was writing that report, and I think he used a lot of our um, data from our last couple of reports uh, in it. So while bootcamp enrollment is up, one interesting trend is that higher education enrollment is down. So according to the Heschinger report, uh, enrollment in 2017 will be the most disappointing in five years, with just over 18 million students enrolled in higher education nationally last semester. What What's the reason for that? Do they know? Well, so this is where coding boot camps come in. Uh, colleges are blaming increasing tuition costs, uh, and 57% blamed competition from the likes of software coding boot camps. But from what we know about coding boot camp grads, most already have a college degree, so I'm not really sure if their blame makes sense. Uh, but it does seem like they have some things to look at. Definitely. Insider Higher Ed announced a new report by nonprofit research group Ithaca SNR that describes the landscape for non-degree post-secondary training, including coding boot camps. And this report highlighted how important quality assurance processes were for non-college alternatives and notes that while non-college offerings have grown rapidly in the recent years, many tend to have deep historical roots. So they've been around for, for decades, so it's not really a complete shock to the industry. But like you were saying, Liz, the report also states that despite massive growth and the substantial hype surrounding these providers, boot camps do not currently constitute a true alternative to a traditional undergraduate program because nearly 80% of the coding boot camp grads have already earned bachelor's degrees or higher. So Yeah, I see why there's like a theoretical threat, but then right. in reality, like I'm not sure if they're really encroaching on, on enrollment quite yet. So that is a lot of good academic research this month about boot camps. Yes, but let's get less academic and hear about some student experiences. Imogen, were there any memorable boot camper stories that you read about in July? Yeah, so Lawrence Bradford interviewed a dev boot camp graduate for Forbes about why he left an Ivy League school to transition into tech. This article actually came out before the Dev Bootcamp closure announcement, but it still has some really interesting advice and perspective for future bootcampers. And in the Straits Times, I learned about a full-stack academy graduate who graduated from Yale in U.S. college in Singapore with a degree in economics, and then he moved to New York for the boot camp at Full Stack, and now he is a software engineer at this online marketplace called Carousel. Oh, nice. I read about Donovan Kirk. So CBS 12 highlighted a college basketball player named Donovan and his story about how he decided to start coding at TK2 Coding Boot Camp in Boca Raton, Florida. He was actually a star player for the University of Miami and was also playing professional basketball in Japan before realizing that he wanted to change his career goal. He knew his basketball days would end eventually, so he decided to pursue coding to be empowered and to be able to launch something into the world. That was pretty so cool. cool. Very smart. <laughs> and a business in Savannah reporter went to Georgia Tech Boot Camp's Demo Day, that's a trilogy boot camp, and talks to grads about their experience learning at the Savannah 24-week coding boot camp. Spoiler alert, they were all happy. She talked to all extremely chipper and happy students. Yeah, so congrats. Very cool. <laughs> and then the Gazette profiled Delta V Code School in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 
The reporter talked to students and staff about the course and highlighted how the school is filling a need for development talent in the area. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing those stories. I think hearing from students actually puts all of that academic data into perspective. So let's talk about some more general trends in the industry. Lauren, I saw that MarketWatch published something about coding boot camps this month. Tell us about it. Yeah, so MarketWatch gave an overview of the boot camp industry, including what people are really looking for when they're attending coding boot camps, what types of people actually go, pricing, teaching style, lack of accreditation for many boot camps, as well as job outcomes. Um, it's a really high level piece. I definitely think you guys should check it out because it gives really great examples of the differences between coding boot camps and the university experience, especially in terms of different ways to fund your tuition. So definitely check that one out. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a super useful piece. Um, and I, I watched an NBC news story about how technology is changing so quickly that people need to keep updating their skills. The um, reporter interviewed a Flatiron co-founder, Avi Flombaum, and a Flatiron grad who had chosen to go to boot camp instead of back to college because it was cheaper and faster. And this TechCrunch piece is actually from late June, but it's quite an interesting look at last mile education and how coding boot camps kind of fit into that concept. So this piece is by Ryan Craig. He runs University Ventures, and he thinks that between student paid boot camps and income share boot camps where students don't pay anything up front, and then the staffing model boot camps like Reviture, we're kind of seeing these boot camps confidence in employment outcomes. And he suggests that it will become more and more difficult for traditional universities to compete because they're stuck offering that super old school career services. So we're kind of seeing how universities are starting to, to see boot camps like encroaching on their model. Yeah, that's really interesting. So last month, we talked about how President Trump was doubling funding to apprenticeship programs. And then this month, July, Inc. published a follow-up story about Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff's efforts to persuade the president to specifically implement these apprenticeship schemes in tech, as automation is putting certain jobs at risk. And then the article goes on to mention that coding boot camps are a very accessible way to retrain people for tech jobs. But we have yet to see if boot camps will be a part of this apprenticeship push, but it's promising nonetheless. And switching gears a little bit, Lauren, there was a nice Quartz article about the backgrounds that can be useful for tech. What are those? Yeah, so Tracy Chow wrote in Quartz about her experience as a top Silicon Valley software engineer and an early employee of Quora. She discussed the importance of a humanities arts education for developers to truly understand the people who they would be creating software products for. It was actually a really interesting piece. She quotes, it worries me that so many of the builders of technology today are people like me. People haven't spent anywhere near enough time thinking about these larger questions of what it is that we are building and what the implications are for the world. But it is never too late to be curious. Each of us can choose to learn, to read, to talk, to travel, and to engage intellectually and ethically. I hope that we all do so, so that we can come to acknowledge the full complexity and wonder of the world we live in and be thoughtful in designing the future of it. Yeah, that's nice because it's like you can learn the skills that you need to be a programmer at a boot camp, but then you still need that lifelong curiosity to like be a well-rounded, holistic you know, contributor to a team and human and all that good stuff. So I think that's good advice. Yeah, definitely good advice. 
Well, in the same month that Dev Boot Camp closed, we saw others announcing investments. So Imogen, tell us about Ironhack's recent fundraise. Yeah, so Ironhack has raised $3 million in financing for its boot camps in Madrid, Barcelona, Paris, and Miami. And that was reported by TechCrunch and the Miami Herald. And this funding round was led by Madrid-based company JME Venture Capital. Congrats to Ironhack. And according to Chicago Inno, Amazon made a $10,000 donation to Code Platoon, which is that Chicago-based coding boot camp for veterans. The Code Platoon founder said that they'd be able to support six veterans with that money, and Amazon employees from the Chicago office are also going to be volunteering with Code Platoon moving forward. So remember that Amazon recently announced an initiative to hire 25,000 veterans and military spouses by 2021. So I think that seems like the perfect fit. Yeah, definitely. And finally, British coding school North Coders in Manchester, England, received £100,000 in funding from the IM Digital Fund. That is three great investments. Very cool. Well, a few journalists focused on the folks leading boot camps in July. Coding Autism won the MIT Entrepreneurial Award. Congratulations. Michael Girdley, the founder of CodeUp, was profiled in Silicon Hills News. But I think that the big news in bootcamp leadership is that Hackbright Academy has a new CEO, right? Imogen, who is she? That's right. So Hackbright Academy actually has hired two new influential women ah. recently. One as their new CEO and one as their VP of Business Development. So CNBC published an interview with the new CEO, Alice Hill, and she's a former CTO at eBay. So she's coming from a very senior position and she's taking over from Sharon Weinbar at Hackbright. And then Lioness Magazine profiled Erin Giger, and she is in the newly created position of VP of Business Development at Hackbright. And she has a background in senior roles at NGOs. Very cool. Well, welcome to Alice and Erin. Yeah. Congrats to Hackbright. And speaking of all women boot camps, it looks like all of our diversity news this month is about getting more women into tech. Cool. So Lauren, <laughs> what did you read about in Marketplace? Marketplace actually wrote about the recent 2017 Tech Lever survey from Kapoor Center for Social Impact. So the survey was led by researcher Allison Scott And it shows that women experience significantly more unfairness than men in the tech industry. After surveying more than 2,000 people who left their tech jobs, women reported higher rates of being stereotyped, sexually harassed, and being passed over for promotions. The article also mentions all women boot camps such as Hackbright Academy and how they are trying to change that. Because, Lauren, that's not only bad for female employees, right? That's also bad for employers and companies. Yes, it's, it's horrible for companies, really. So the article quotes, Unfairness alone costs companies a staggering $16 billion per year due to high turnover and employee replacement costs. So this, was, this is definitely an eye-opening report. I definitely think yeah. that everyone should check this one out. Yeah, it's important for both women and men and everybody in business. Well, Hackwright isn't the only school trying to get women into computer science. Good Call this month published a really well-written piece about the gender pay gap. And one of the reasons that that gap exists is because women tend to pursue degrees that lead to lower paying jobs, even though there are way more women 
pursuing undergraduate degrees. And STEM careers are a great way out of that wage gap, but we have to get women there, right? So Flatiron School COO, Christy Riordan, talks about how Flatiron is making education more affordable and manageable, which are both important things for getting women into tech and showing their female students a path to a meaningful STEM career with stable income. And to continue this theme, Technically DC announced the launch of Prism Shift, Launch Academy's new women-only bootcamp in Washington, DC. Enrollment started on July 10th, and the online pre-class begins October 2nd, while the 10-week in-person bootcamp starts December 4th. Check out our blog post with Launch Academy's marketing manager, Tamara Monroe, to get more info on why they decided to create a program specifically for women in tech. And finally, a free 11-week coding bootcamp for women has launched in Toronto, Canada. And this bootcamp is aimed at women who have some coding experience, but want to advance and become more job-ready or get a promotion in their current jobs. Well, that's like four schools that are committing to bringing more women into tech. That's so cool. And especially when you look at how that compares to university computer science programs, it's like night and day, right? Um, I feel like it's kind of no wonder universities are feeling threatened by boot camps. Although one thing that universities are doing this month is exploring income sharing agreements, uh, which we've seen in boot camps for years, like App Academy and uh, Holberton and Grace Hopper Academy. But Forbes wrote about a new house bill that's going to introduce ISAs for higher education. So we will keep an eye on that. Okay, so let's run down a list of the bootcamp updates. First up, I read about some changes at a data science bootcamp. So according to Good Call, Metis has launched a Digital Globe Data Challenge as a part of their 12-week full-time data science course. So the article gives a general format of the bootcamp as well as information on the data challenge curriculum and how it focuses on preparing students by developing skills like data acquisition, data wrangling, statistics, and model building. And according to Technically DC and a few other publications, Coding Dojo is ending their Ruby on Rails course and replacing it with a full-stack Java course. According to My Broadband, We Think Code is expanding with campuses opening in Cape Town and potentially across the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa. And the Tennessean announced that Birmingham-based bootcamp Covalence will be opening a new campus in Nashville, Tennessee, beginning October 2nd. Then, according to Euronews, a coding school in Brussels is working to make technology education available to everyone, no matter their academic or economic background. And this is slightly unusual because it helps students develop their skills through freelancing jobs while they are studying. And that one's called Geek, right? That's right. Cool. And applications are now open for Clubhouse Coding Bootcamp in Augusta, which offers a full-time three-month bootcamp. That's from the Augusta Chronicle. And finally, the Israeli Innovation Authority is kicking off a new 2.8 million coding bootcamp program meant to provide six to 12 months of intensive training for college graduates in the sciences who are interested in a computer programming career. So this will help fill an acute shortage of quality engineers and computer programmers in the country. So that's great. Okay, Lauren. So in addition to all of those bootcamp updates, tell us about all the new bootcamps that were added to Course Report this month. Of course. So we have Southern Careers Institute in San Antonio and Austin, Texas, SC Factory in Beirut, Lebanon, DevTree Academy in Sandpoint, Idaho, Unit Factory in Kiev, Ukraine, UP Academy in Lisbon, Portugal, University of Miami Coding Bootcamp in Miami, Florida, 
University of Richmond Coding Bootcamp in Richmond, Virginia, Beginax in New York City, USC Viterbi Data Analytics Bootcamp in Los Angeles, California, and then we have University of Minnesota Coding Bootcamp in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Woo! All right, that is a lot of boot camps, and that was a lot of boot camp news. So let's finish up with our favorite pieces that we put on the blog this uh, this month. Imogen, what was your favorite piece in July? So I really enjoyed producing a video piece about five tips to ace an online coding bootcamp. It was so much fun filming interviews with members of the Thinkful team here in Dumbo, and there really is some great advice in there. So if you're thinking of doing an online bootcamp, you should check it out on our blog or on our YouTube channel. I loved that video too. So good. So Lauren, what was your favorite piece? I just love that Launch Academy has launched a women's only program. So Prism Shift is their new coding program for women in Washington, DC. And we were able to talk with the experience manager for Prism Shift as well as Launch Academy's marketing manager. And we got really great insight on why they decided to launch a program for women. So definitely check that out on the blog. That was one of my favorite pieces this month. What about you, Liz? What what was your favorite? Well, I spent most of this month working on the market sizing report. Uh, so I, I would love it if everyone would read it. It's really the only source that we have for how this industry of ours is actually growing. And, and it's not just like speculation. So I love working on that every year. And then also in light of the Dev Bootcamp closing and Iron Yard closing, we put together this list of Dev Bootcamp alternatives in the cities that they were in. And I think that that will be really helpful to students who are like, what? Dev Bootcamp is closing? Where do I go to a coding bootcamp now? You have so many other options. Um, So check that out on the blog. Well, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening and we love your feedback. So please continue to email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. And we will see you at the August Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.